let's celebrate our risen Savior together. Happy Easter. So glad you're here today. This is why. Christ the Lord is risen today. Alleluia. Sons of men and angels say, Jesus was. 
introduce yourself to the people in front, behind, and on both sides. Make sure you know everybody's Hi, I'm Kids, come on down. Am I okay? Okay. How are you guys this morning? Good. I want to talk to you for just about a minute about a really cool creature that I got to look at this week, Charlie. We're going to talk about a really cool creature. I want you to look up at the screen because we're going to see a picture of it. How many of you guys want one of those as a pet? Oh, yeah. This is called an I.I. lemur. How many of you guys have seen one of those in person? Really? Man, I want to come hang out with you guys. The I.I. lemur back in the 1930s, you know, that's like back when Mr. Warren was a kid, maybe. <laughs> I, might, I might regret that later this week. Anyways. The I.I. lemur back in the 1930s, they thought it was extinct. That means they didn't think it existed anymore. But about 20 years later, they actually found some living in Madagascar. Yeah, Madagascar. There's a movie about that. So the I.I. lemur is really rare. It's really exotic. The cool thing about it is um, it's actually in the same classification as a woodpecker. And they, they do that based on the way it gets its food. It has these really long fingers, and they use them to tap on wood and to figure out if there's any grubs and worms and insects living in the tree. And then they'll take their teeth, which are a lot like the teeth that a rat or a mouse has, and they will gnaw into the wood, and then they'll use their finger to poke in and pull out the grubs and the worms and eat them. And that's a lot like what a woodpecker does. So they're in the same classification. Now, I've never seen an I.I. lemur. I've never seen one in person. I've never been to Madagascar to see one. But there's a lot of people who study them and who maybe live there and they've written about them and they've seen them. When I was looking at pictures, I even saw some people holding them. And so those people, they know that I.I. lemurs exist because they got to experience them. They got to hold them and see them. Now, I want to talk to you guys for a minute about the Bible. The Bible isn't just a bunch of stories. It's actually historical documents written by people who saw Jesus and who experienced Jesus. Just like the scientists and people who have studied the I.I. Lemur. They saw Jesus, they spoke with him, they walked with him, they saw what he ate, they saw how he lived, and they wrote about it. 
Except there's one guy named Thomas, and sometimes we call him Doubting Thomas because he didn't always believe. Let's see what the Bible has to say. It says, eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. It's talking about the disciples. Peace be with you, he said. And then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Don't be faithless any longer. Believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me. Blessed are those who believe without seeing me. What Jesus is trying to tell Thomas there is that it's really cool that you get to see me and touch me and and talk with me in person. But there's going to be a lot of other people who won't get to do those things. But they are blessed because they believe without seeing me. It's kind of like I believe that that I, I, lemur exists because of I trust the people that have seen it and have read about it and have studied it. Just like I'm trusting the disciples and Thomas and all the other people who wrote the Bible because they saw Jesus and they talked to him and they felt him and experienced things with him. And God's saying that if we believe without seeing him, that we will be blessed. He will increase our faith simply because we choose to believe. Let's pray this morning and thank God for helping us to believe in him. Lord, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the victory um, that you have uh, won just in overcoming the grave. We thank you that you are alive and risen this morning and that you are not dead and buried in a tomb. Lord, I praise you for the power that you deliver. And I pray that each of these kids that are up here this morning and everyone in this room would simply be blessed because they believe and they have faith in you that you are a risen and living God. Be with us this morning. Thank you for what you've already done here. We love you and we praise you. All these things we ask in your name. Amen. found in the living God, who is the Savior of all. I find my rest in His saving grace. Nations bow down at His throne. He is sings to the only God, the rescuer of all men. His mercy reigns over all the earth. His love has pardoned our sin. He is Savior. He is Savior.
This is a time when we as uh, church members support the work of the church. And if you're a guest, we're not asking uh, uh, you to give today, but if you'd like to uh, do so, you may. Uh, Easter is a great time to celebrate all that Jesus has uh, done for us. Today, in just a few moments, Brother Tim is going to talk about one of Jesus' disciples, uh, Thomas, uh, who had some doubts about who Jesus was, but Jesus uh, proved himself to him. It takes faith to believe that Jesus is who he said he is. But uh, giving also involves faith, and it's the trust that God is in control. It's the same faith that had authority over the grave that has uh, authority uh, to take care of you and me. So today as the ushers come forward, uh, as you uh, give today, I encourage you uh, to give, believing that uh, he's in control, trusting God and expressing uh, uh, your faith today. I'm going to ask Todd Oller if he'll share uh, a prayer before we take up our offering this morning. Our Heavenly Father, Lord, we're so grateful for today. Lord, thank you for the sunshine. Thank you for the, the beautiful opportunity to be in your house. And Lord, thank you for our church family. Lord, we especially thank you on this special Sunday of all Sundays, the most special day. Lord, that you were risen from the grave after your sacrifice for those of us who could never even dream of being worthy of it. Lord, we ask that you fill this house today with your spirit. And Lord, just as you have risen from the grave, let us rise from our seats, Lord, and sing to the to the holies and worship you in, in full heart and mind. Lord, let us be, we give with a good spirit and willing and that our offerings, Lord, be used to further your kingdom. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen.
Who but you could breathe and leave a trail of galaxies and dream of me? What kind of love is writing my story till the end with mercy's pen? Only you. What kind of king would choose to wear a crown that bleeds and scars to win my heart? What kind of love tells me I'm the reason he can't stay inside the grave? You, is it you? cries alive alive look what mercy's overcome death has lost and love has won alive alive hallelujah risen lord the only one i fall before i am his because Who could speak and send the demons back from where they came with just one name? What other heart would let itself be broken every time till he healed mine? You only Could turn my darkness into dawn, running right into your arms alive, alive. Look what mercy's overcome. Death has lost and love has won. Alive, alive. Hallelujah, risen Lord, the only Because he is Emmanuel, the promised king, the baby who made angels sing, the son of God who walked with us, healing, breathing in our dust, the author of all history, the answer to all mysteries, the Lamb of God who rolled away, the stone in front of Death has lost and love has won.
Welcome everyone. Happy Easter to you. My name is Tim Harris. I am the pastor at Woodburn Baptist Church and that's where you are and we're glad that you're here. Open your Bibles, if you would, to the book of John chapter 20. If you don't have a Bible, there should be one in the pew right in front of you. Grab that paperback Bible. If you don't own a Bible, you can have that Bible. We're happy to give that to you. It's right there for you. John chapter 20. going to start with verse 24. Really good to see you. Really good to have you. I understand a lot of people come to church on Easter that don't come any other time. Uh, and I sort of get, I, I actually get that to, to some degree. Uh, I'm gonna, even though I've spent my whole life in church and I'm a pastor and I love people uh, more than anything in the world, I love church people. I'll be the first to admit, man, sometimes church people are just weird. Church people can just be really, really, really weird. And it's hard to explain sometimes. Uh, a while back I was watching television and on the news they showed the face and told the story of a pastor I'd known all of my life. He was in the orange jumpsuit and had been indicted for embezzling money from the church. And uh, it, it was just really startling and heartbreaking and just strange to think about the fact that this was a man that I'd known for years and years and years closely and that so many people had known him closely and he'd been a pastor and, and, and done so much good in the world but was still a man fully capable of stealing money from, from the church. It was, it was strange, strange how we can be in church Sunday after Sunday, some of us, and really still not know each other or let people know who we are, what we're like. I think that's what we mean when some of us say that church people are weird. It's just strange that, that, that some people can be one way at church and then something very different when you see them elsewhere. It's strange for a person to be friendly in one place or on one day of the week and, and not so friendly the next time you, you, you see them. It's kind of why I really enjoy reading the Bible and, and seeing especially the 12 guys. We call them the disciples, the 12 guys that walk most closely with Jesus because these guys are just real as, real as guys get. They don't pretend to be anything other than what they are. When you see them uh, in one story, in one page, they're going to be the same as you'll see them next time around. They are just real, real guys. And one of those real guys we'll meet today is a disciple named Thomas, and I want us to look at part of his story we're going to start in verse 24, but let me just tell you, just prior to these verses, uh, it's, it's pretty amazing. This is the first Easter, the very first Easter day. Uh, the stories that started to come in that Jesus is alive, that the tomb is empty, but honestly, disciples still don't know exactly what that means, and they continue to be very, very afraid. They are in a locked room together, the ten of them. Thomas is not there. And on that particular day, the very first Easter, Jesus appears to those men alive. And it's amazing. Problem is, Thomas isn't there. So the story picks up in verse 24 with Thomas, who uh, uh, should, 
probably never, ever be absent again. Uh, John chapter 20, verse 24, this is Thomas' story. One of the 12 disciples, Thomas, nicknamed the twin, was not with the others when Jesus came. And they told him, we've seen the Lord. But Thomas replied, I won't believe it unless I see the nail wounds in his hands, put my fingers into them, and place my hand into the wound in his side. Eight days later, the disciples were together again, and this time Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but suddenly, as before, Jesus was standing among them. Shalom, peace be with you, he said. Then he said to Thomas, put your finger here and look at my hands. Put your hand into the wound in my side. Stop doubting and believe. My Lord and my God, Thomas exclaimed. Then Jesus told him, you believe because you have seen me, but blessed are those who believe without seeing. Blessed are those who believe without seeing. Yeah, we don't really know where Thomas was that first Sunday night. Again, it was Easter Sunday. It's, it's amazing. Thomas is the one with, that we always call, you know, his other, it says his nickname is the twin, but honestly, most of us just know him as Doubting Thomas. Thomas is the guy forever labeled the doubter because of this story, because Jesus says stop doubting and believe. So it is true that Thomas at one point in the story has trouble believing. However, if you back up a little bit, look at the story right before this story, you'll see that the other disciples don't win any prizes for faith either on that first Easter. You'll find them, it says, the ten of them, now do the math, if there were 12 disciples and there are 10 and Thomas is missing, that's only 11. Where's the 12th disciple? Who would that be? Yeah, Judas. And what happened to Judas? He's the one who betrayed Jesus. At the end of that, he felt so bad that he went out and he hanged himself. He committed suicide. So Judas is gone. There are now 11 disciples. One of those is Thomas. Thomas isn't there. So there are 10 disciples gathered together in a locked room. Now, why are they in a locked room? I remind you, it's Easter. It's the very first Easter. They have heard the reports of the women. They've heard Mary Magdalene come back and say that Jesus is alive. Uh, the way we celebrate it today, you would think that those guys should really be celebrating, but they're not. They are in a locked room, all ten of them together, doors locked, hiding out of fear. Now, what are they afraid of? Jesus is alive. Why are they afraid? Well, They've heard that Jesus is alive, but they haven't seen him. They haven't seen him. They've only heard that. And having heard it, they don't know what it means. So understand, they know there's an empty tomb. The women say they've seen him, but honestly, they don't know what any of this means. They remain very, very confused and afraid. So you can't say that any of them on this particular first moment of Easter are, are any sort of champions of faith. They all struggle with fear. They're afraid because the same men who came to kill Jesus could likely come now and, and try to take out his disciples. So they are legitimately afraid. But they are together in a locked room, and what happens? A locked room, and Jesus comes and knocks on the door. Is that what it says? No, no, no. Jesus appears. He's just there. He's just there. Passing through the walls, passing through the locked door, I don't know. He's just there. 
No, that's amazing. That's really pretty amazing. And if you're a believer, if you know anything about the Bible, you'll know that the scriptures teach that Jesus' resurrection body is the same kind of resurrection body that we will have after we die and then, and then we're brought back with Jesus on the last day. You know what I'm talking about? We will be raised just like he was raised, and the scripture says we'll have a body like he's got. Now, it's not physical. They could see Jesus, they could touch Jesus, so it's not like a ghost, it's not like you could put your hand through him, you could touch him, he could eat. That's good news for most of us, he could eat. So that means we'll have a Bible, we can eat, in heaven we can eat, but also he could pass through walls. You understand that? He could just pass through locked doors, he could just appear and disappear. I'm going to be all about.